Good to be in God's house today. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and get your Bibles, and we'll turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we'll be in verses 15 through 18. John chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. It says, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father... He has declared Him. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank You for the day and for all Your blessings. God, we're thankful for our mothers today. and God, we're thankful that You have given them to us for the time and the care, instruction. Lord, all that they've done for us, the sacrifices they've made. And Father, we're just so thankful for the mothers You've given us. And Father, we today as we turn to Your Word, we ask that You would Just please bless the reading of this text, bless the preaching of this text. God, give me the words that need to be said. I know that I don't have them in and of myself, but I pray that you speak through me today. Address every need that's here in your house this morning. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to talk about grace upon grace. And we're looking at John chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. And we've been looking at John chapter 1 for the last several weeks, and throughout this first chapter of John, we've been looking at an introduction to Jesus, and he's been introducing Jesus in several different ways throughout chapter 1. As we've mentioned, he's mentioned him as the Word, he's called him the life, he's called him the light, and we've been looking at him in all these different ways. Uh, But then we saw in verse 14 last week, we saw that this eternal person became a man, The Word became flesh, is what it says in in verse 14. This eternal person became a man, and His name was Jesus Christ. Now, this is no mystery to us. We knew exactly who this was when we started in John. So, uh, you know, there was no real mystery there for us. But it's fascinating for me to see how long John waits to reveal His name in these verses. He doesn't say Jesus Christ was the Word in verse 1. He starts out talking about this Word that was with God and was God. God, it was in the beginning with God, who made all things, who was the life and the light of men. And he goes on and on and on. And then he says, the word became flesh. But it's not until verse 17 that he tells us who this person was, who this man is. And he is Jesus the Christ. Now, why is that? Why wait so long to verse 17 to tell us who this word is? I believe it's because everything to this point has to be to reveal who or, or the Word who was with God, excuse me, to reveal that Word, to reveal the Logos, the person of uh, Jesus Christ. But in verse 14, as we mentioned, the Word became flesh, and now we begin to look at not the Word, not the, not the eternal God, but we begin, begin looking at the man named Jesus and his ministry and his life and what he came to do. And so from here on out, from verse 17 all through the rest of this book, we're going to be looking at the life and ministry and the works of Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the Son of God, uh, who came to give life to all men. 
Verse 17, if you would, just read that with me real quick. It says, uh, verse 17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. Let's pray, bow in prayer once again. Father, we do ask your blessings on the message today. Speak through me. Address all that you have for us to, uh, to understand, to know, and to do this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Because I love Mother so much, I'm giving you a two-point sermon this morning. How's that sound? All right, that's good. I didn't get enough, uh, you know, y'all weren't excited about that two points. I could, I have a third one I could put on. Yeah. No? Okay, okay, I did hear another. All right, so we're going to look at two things today. Just two things about Christ this morning. And uh, the first thing I want to look at is the witness of Christ. And this is speaking of John the Baptist. If you will look with me again, uh, just very briefly here in, in verse 15. It says, John, meaning John the Baptist, uh, bear witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Again, we have here the testimony of John the Baptist concerning the Christ, concerning Jesus. Uh, this was an astonishing statement because... We find that John was born before Christ, about six months before Jesus was. He's about six months older than him. And he actually began his ministry quite a bit earlier uh, than Jesus did as well. He was prophetically and is historically called the forerunner of Christ. Meaning what? That he went before Jesus. That he started before Jesus. And he was the one that was sent to prepare the way. Meaning that he had to be out in front. He had to be before Jesus or previous to him as far as the ministry was concerned. Yet this same John says of the Christ, he says, The one who comes after me, the one who comes after me is actually ahead of me. Is actually before me. You see, John understood, while others did not, John understood that the Christ was coming. That's what he was trying to prepare everybody for. Everyone seems to have been very confused about this, but John knew that the Christ was coming. And I believe this was probably said after he had already baptized Jesus. Maybe there was another time, or maybe it was right after baptism, whatever it was. But he looked uh, to everybody, and he pointed to Jesus, and he said, this is the one that I've been telling you about. This is what I've been saying is going to come, and I'm not worthy to even latch his shoes together. This is him. He is the one. And this is the one that I said that... The one that comes after me, the one that I'm telling you about, is actually ahead of me or before me. Now there's a couple of ways that we can look at this. We find that John, who was older physically, said of Jesus in our King James Version, if you look at verse 15, it says, uh, He that comes after me is preferred before me. There's a couple of different ways of looking at this. Number one, we can say that really just the translation here is, he's before me. The one that comes after me is before me, uh, would be a literal translation of this. So we can say, number one, we can translate it as preferred, meaning that he is of a higher importance or rank, which he is, right? I mean, Jesus was of higher importance and rank, absolutely. But then it can also mean that he is before me in time, as far as time is concerned. And I think John actually goes to clarify what he's talking about here as he finishes out this verse. He says in the last couple of words there, he, look at this. It says, the one that comes after me is preferred before me. Why? Because he was before me. Let's look at it this way. 
He says, he is preferred before me because he existed prior to me. Now, wait a second, John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus. How did Jesus exist before John? Because John the Baptist knew exactly who he was. He was the word who had been in the beginning with God and who was God. And John pointed and witnessed that this is the Messiah. This is the Christ. Again, this points towards his eternal existence with God. Well, that was the first point. Are you with me? All right, we're moving on to the second point. How's that sound? Yes, let's go. Uh, Verses 16 through 17, we'll look at the fullness of Christ. We've seen the witness of Christ. Let's look at the fullness of Christ. Now, in verse 14, let's, let's head back up there just for a second. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. I want you to say this last phrase with me. Look there, verse 14, last phrase, full of grace and truth. Three of you did a really good job. Thank you. Good job. I appreciate that. All right, full of grace and truth. Y'all didn't come to quote scripture. You came to listen to a sermon. All right. In verse 16, I want you to look at this. In verse 16, it says, And of his fullness we have all received. Now, back up to the last phrase of verse 14 says that he was full of grace and truth. Verse 16 says, and we received, we got to share or partake in his fullness. We got to experience some of the fullness of Christ. What was he full of? It says that he was full of grace and truth. This tells us that Jesus has shared His fullness, not only with them, but He shared it with us as well. It's been said that the world is yet to see what God can do with a man who is totally surrendered to God. I want to be that. I would love one day for I don't care what other people think or say, but I would love for one day for God to say that I was one who was totally surrendered to God. I fear, though, that in this flesh, I will never see that day. But I'm going to try as hard as I can. But I want to tell you, though the world has yet to see what it would be like for a man to be completely surrendered to God, I can't say that there was one man who was. And he changed the world. He said, I do always those things which please him. A man who was completely surrendered to God. Who was that? Jesus Christ. And John said of his fullness, the fullness that he came to show us, we have received and experienced the fullness of Christ. The Apostle John wrote these verses about Jesus. Uh, This book about Jesus wrote it years after Jesus had died and rose again. He wrote to people who had met Jesus spiritually like we have. They had met him spiritually, but they had never seen him in person. But John had. And we're going to find even later on in this book that not only had he met Jesus, but at the Lord's Supper, he actually leaned against him. He brought shoulders with 
the word of God. And, and in his book, First John, he says the word we saw him, we touched him. It, this was not just something that we heard. I mean, we have we have hand, we have touched and experienced and heard the word of God. I'm telling you, he's real. This is what John's saying to us. He is real because I've seen him. I'm an eyewitness of who he is and all that he did. You know, I could spend all day myself telling you of how Jesus changed my life. And I think we've got a lot of mothers in here who could say, who could talk all day about how Jesus changed their life. And we've got children who could talk about how God changed their life through the experiences and in, in the uh, Christ-likeness of their own mothers and so on and so forth. Jesus really has changed my life and He's changed some of your lives as well. But can you imagine the indescribable glory that was experienced by those who saw Him face to face? John said, of His fullness, we have received. Now part of this fullness that they experienced, we find as we continue reading verse 16, part of this fullness they experienced was this, His amazing grace. Let's read verse 16 again. It says, Of His fullness we have all received, but look at this last phrase, and grace for grace. Now this is really where I want to camp out for a little bit. Everything else has just been trying to get here. Because it's not that many words, but I want to tell you, there's an amazing truth found in this verse. Let's talk about grace for a second. Grace is that incredible attribute of God that reaches down to sinners like us. And offers undeserved kindness and love. Grace is not something we've earned. Grace is not something we deserve. It's out of the kindness and love of God. I often like to think of myself as a person that God should be proud of. You know, every once in a while I start thinking, man, you know, God's a lucky guy. Got me down here. God. And, and, And then... He will reveal to me how desperately wicked I am apart from Him. And it only takes a little bit of time for me to maybe stay away from my quiet time with God or not be spinning or not walking with Him. And I'll reveal to myself how desperately wicked I am apart from God. That if it were not for Jesus Christ, I know what I am. It's at those times that I wonder, how could God love me? Went from, wow, God's lucky to have me, to how could God even love me? How could He still love me after all that I've done? After all that I've said? I am completely undeserving. Yet I know that He does love me. You know how? Because He shows it all the time. But you know what that is? That's grace. That's what grace is. This is such an awesome statement. As we read verse 16, it says, Grace upon grace. And I could spend a while trying to explain what this phrase means, but the simplest way I could think of to tell you is is just simply to talk about ways for just a second. 
Now let me say, I'm not big on going to the ocean. If you haven't noticed, I'm very fair-skinned, and, and uh, I freckle a little bit, but mostly I burn and peel, and that's all that happens. And I don't like to go out to the beach a whole lot. Matter of fact, I'm kind of a, a wimp when I get out there. I, I Usually, if you see me, I'm fully clothed with a towel over my head, or I've got an umbrella, something. I'm not staying out in the sun for too long, though, I can tell you that much. Not a big beach person, but I do like going to the beach early in the morning. And I'll go out there. I don't like a lot of people on the beach, but I'll go out when it's quiet. And I'll go out when it's just, just me and the Lord. And I like to sit out there, find a place in the sand, just sit down and just watch the waves roll in. Just wave after wave after wave. You know, all the times that I've done this, all the times I've gone out there, I've never seen a day where the waves were rolling in and then suddenly they stopped. But endlessly... Wave after wave after wave rolls in. Sometimes the waves are bigger. Sometimes the waves are smaller. But they're always rolling in. Wave upon wave upon wave. You know, that's what this verse says about grace. That's exactly what this phrase means. Grace is upon grace. Some displays of grace are large. Some may seem a little smaller, but here's the thing about God's grace. It never stops rolling in. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Sometimes we like to think highly of ourselves and even when we're in a low view of ourselves, we still like to think highly in the sense that we think that somehow our sin is too great for God. We, we might say, you don't know what I've said. And you're talking about God's grace. You don't know what I've said. That's okay. It's His grace still rolling in. You say, well, you don't know what I've done. You do not know the things that I have done. It's okay. His grace is enough. You might say, you don't understand. You don't know how many times I have failed God. I have gone to Him for forgiveness. I have received His forgiveness. And I have turned right back around and spit in His face again over and over and over and over again. But I want you to know this morning that where your sin did abound, His grace did so much more abound. That's what this verse says. That regardless of how big your sin is, I promise you, His grace is infinitely bigger. Grace upon grace upon grace. Verse 17 says, For the law was given by Moses. But look at this. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Someone might say, you know, this sounds good. But how do we know that that's really how God treats us? How do we know that's really how God feels? How do we know that's really who God is? When no one has ever seen God. 
That's exactly the question that verse 18 addresses. Because if you look, it says, no man has seen God at any time. We, we couldn't know this apart from Him showing this to us. Because none of us have ever seen God at any time. But look at this. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. No man has ever seen God. Moses only saw a little bit of God's glory. No man has ever fully seen God except one. And if you want to know what God is like, if you want to know how God acts towards us, if you want to know how God feels about us, the only thing you have to do is look at Jesus Christ. Because verse 18 says that He has fully revealed Him to us. You know, in in Christianity, there's all kinds of different views about God. There's all kinds of different things that are taught about God. How God views people, and we all kind of view God as this guy with the lightning bolt that's ready to throw it at us every time we mess up, and you know, things like that. And, and that's kind of how some people think about God. Some just don't think God cares that He's not He's uninvolved and you know, maybe He set everything in motion, doesn't really care, and things like that. But you know, there's all kinds of things you can read about and you can hear, and you could interpret other things that other biblical writers have written, the words of Paul and the words of Peter, and you could twist that around and make these different views of God. But you know, if I really want to know and really want to settle on what God's like and on who God is and how He acts towards us. The only thing I had to do is go back to Jesus. You know, I never see—I never saw Jesus strike somebody down with a lightning bolt. Matter of fact, two of his disciples asked him to one time, and he said, "You don't even know what you're asking." Never saw him pitch anybody aside. Peter was worthy of it, <laughs> but he loved him more. You know what I did see him do, though? I did see him come to Earth. And show love and compassion. Reveal God. Love people to the point that He died on a cross for them. That's who God is. And that's the God that Jesus came to reveal to us. Not a hateful God, a loving God. Not a wrathful God, although He has wrath, but a graceful God. And that's the God I want to present to you this morning. I want to close by saying this. Listen, if you're hearing this message today and you know that you need salvation, but you're afraid that your sin is too big, you might say, you don't understand, Pastor. You you don't know my life. You don't know what I've done. I want to tell you that God's grace is bigger. And it is greater than you could possibly imagine. He's willing to wash over you with His wave of grace today. If you are willing to do one thing, that is to turn away from your life of sin and trust Jesus for His forgiveness and salvation. If you're a child of God who is straight from the Lord, maybe you think that what you've done is too much. He can never forgive you for what's happened or what you've done or how you failed Him. But I want you to know this morning that His grace is still enough. Turn to Him. Seek His forgiveness. Seek restoration today. And I promise you, 
that regardless of where you are, how big your issue is, He's got a wave of grace coming in right now that's sufficient for you.